You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I hope you are all doing well, despite another loss yet again by the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, a lot to get to. I'll try and get to some uh, comments and or questions you all may have. I'm sure there's a lot on Bengals fans' minds at this point in time. So I will try to get to some of that as either if you're joining us on the live YouTube channel through the Orange and Black Insider podcast or on CincyJungle.com's Facebook page. Uh, if you want to leave some questions, comments, all that good stuff, we will try to get to those. And um, we appreciate you guys tuning in on this Sunday afternoon, early evening for some uh, difficult game to watch throughout most of it, difficult to find positives but the Bengals teased as they usually do, came back, tied the game, and unfortunately lost in the final seconds to the Arizona Cardinals. I'll say this before we kind of get down to the breakdowns and um, other you know, questions, comments that you may have, just some news and notes in terms of some things that happened in the game, uh, namely in the form of injuries. Alex Erickson left the game with a concussion, so more Injuries to the wide receiver group, which is not a good sign. Uh, it forced many others to step up. Hey, you know, Alden Tate came uh, came into the game. He actually got the, got the start, but he started making some plays after uh, after the, uh, the halftime, and he kind of settled in. So uh, he stepped up. Damian Willis made a couple of catches. So there were some guys that came came into play, but uh, Stanley Morgan was in the game as well. Obviously. That position group is decimated now with A.J. Green still sidelined, John Ross being placed on IR after the Monday night game, and now Alex Erickson leaving with a concussion. We have no idea how severe this is. As we know, Cordy Glenn has missed the first five games with a concussion that he suffered in the preseason. So these things are either quick recoveries or uh, they linger. So we don't we don't really know exactly how severe, but Alex Erickson did leave the game after being kind of slammed to the ground on a catch that he made for a first down. Sean Williams had a thigh injury, but he returned. And Andre Smith had an ankle injury um, that caused him to leave. John Jerry came in and actually didn't play all that terribly, at least not from to the level of what we've seen from Andre Smith as the team's left tackle. So um, he didn't return from that ankle injury. Those were kind of the three major injuries that you saw. I I don't think that Tyler Boyd got injured because he ended up playing very well. But if you kind of saw him, he he looked very um, – he, he I, don't, I don't know what you, want, what you would want to call it. He just kind of looked like he was – 
sort of hobbling around a little bit. Maybe that was my own little perception, but um, he ended up making quite a few plays and having a nice game for himself. He, of course, finished with the, after that big touchdown and a 29-yard gain as well in the fourth quarter. Um, he finished with 10 catches, a touchdown, and uh, was the team's leading receiver um, with a 100-yard game, 120, 123 to be exact. So good game from him. I, I want to get to this. Uh, look, I, I'm very confused about the Zach Taylor uh, performance, the performances this year. Part of me, you know, there was a, there was a commenter on CincyJungle.com that said, hey, you know, Marvin Lewis started one in four in his inaugural season, the Bengals went eight and eight, almost won the division and made the playoffs that year. If you remember, um, they, they lost in the last game to the Browns Cincinnati. Oh, and four, they had a couple of close losses. I went back and looked at those games. The one win was against Cleveland in terms of Marvin Lewis's first year. And the four other losses aside from an opening day, I think it was 30 to 10 to, to the Broncos. There was a, a last second loss to the Raiders who were just coming off to this, uh, coming off the Super Bowl appearance the year before, um, th- there were two other close losses. I think it was in the division. So, I mean, for the most part, the Bengals were kind of right there and they had the win at that point um, in terms of going into week six. Right now, Cincinnati is 0-5. They have two blowout losses. This could have been a blowout. The Bengals, you got to give them credit. They fought back. But, I mean, Arizona let them hang around by by their own missed opportunities and it's the Bengals missed opportunity after missed opportunity, a ton of mental mistakes, um, you know, just bad. And, and when the plays are there, whether it's Andy Dalton or, or whoever else, they're just not being made. Um, and and that's, a, that's a mental thing. That is a sign of a team that, yeah, is not good, is dealing with injuries and, and is in transition, but they don't seem to be mentally prepared and or confident in the moment to make plays. And that is very, very worrisome. There were some mind boggling plays and decisions by Zach Taylor, particularly on offense early in the game. They had held Arizona to a punt on their first drive. Cincinnati goes all the way down the field. You look at, you know, the red zone issues that that is a major, major problem for Cincinnati. And they, the Bengals until Auden Tate's touchdown, late in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter. The Bengals nearly went nine full quarters without an offensive touchdown. That, from your supposed quarterback guru, your offensive-minded head coach, is unacceptable. So, that is very worrisome. You go to the in-game stuff, right? The Bengals move down the field, uh, largely on the legs of Joe Mixon on that opening drive, have a chance to really you know, get a touchdown, feel good about themselves, what do they do? You know, first down they run and instead on second down, maybe using play action and going to the end zone on a throw to keep Arizona a little more honest. They had many men in the box right then. They just ran right at them. Of course, it netted no gain. Third down. Here's what I don't understand. Yes, the Tate drop was terrible. And uh, that's part of his roller coaster day. And one of those missed opportunities, a mental, really, I mean, that, that obviously it's a physical thing, but that's a mental mistake. That's a concentration lapse that hit him right in the hands, took his eyes off. It was more eager to get into the end zone than to make the catch and, and then get into the end zone. So um, I, I kind of consider that a mental mistake. But 
what bothered me about that is you're down, your receiving core is decimated with injury. And this is, this is before Alex Erickson's injury, but still no AJ green, um, no John Ross. You've, you've got some issues at wide receiver third down real short third and goal. You're going to throw the ball. What do you do? You take out Tyler Eifert, arguably your best red zone weapon on the team. You sub him out. And then you throw the ball to a pretty inexperienced wide receiver who should have made the catch, but did not. It's these kinds of decisions that make you scratch your head. Obviously the one in the third quarter. Well, let's rewind after that fourth and goal from the Arizona four or five yard line. You would think, Hey, you know what? Just go for it. Your own four. You've got, why not? If you don't get it, you're not, you're not losing at the time you have Arizona in poor field position. Why not go for it? Try and, you know, really make a statement. Instead, they kick the field goal. Okay, so they get points. Later, the Bengals in their own territory decide to go for it at their own 42 and a half yard line on a fourth and half a yard. And instead of just kind of lining right up and going for it right up the gut, maybe even a quarterback sneak, just quick snap, dive forward. They go in the shotgun and do a, a, a read option type of play which was doomed from the get-go. When you need real short yardage, you want a quick snap, and you want to just get the ball and go upfield. That was that was that type of scenario that was designed for a quarterback sneak. If you are to go, that's a high-risk area in terms of it being on your side of the field. If you're going to do that, you want to use a high-percentage play. That was not a high-percentage play. That was not a high-percentage formation. And even if you were trying to sell the Cardinals defense that, hey, we're in shotgun, we might be passing. Again, no A.J. Green. At that point, no Alex Erickson. No John Ross. That wasn't a very good sale of an idea. And, uh, you know, these are the types of things, when you lose games and you look back at these types of coaching decisions, these are the types of things that have and make veteran players on a bad football team not buy into Zach Taylor. Now we heard from Tom Brenneman, Mr. Cincinnati, who was calling the game for Fox and Chris Spielman, another Ohio guy. Um, They were saying, oh, this team is really buying into Zach Taylor. And this practice was lively this week, even after the big beatdown from Pittsburgh. That may be, but 0-5 is 0-5. And in-game decisions, poor in-game decisions by Zach Taylor can have an effect on a team. I don't know if that is currently happening, but do not be surprised if you start seeing some more poor body language, some guys not being as excited to be on the field, some more quote unquote business decisions being made in terms of taking or delivering hits. Um, that's the type of thing that comes with a season going down this road. And unfortunately now the Bengals are 0 and 5. It's now really, I mean, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, Comments here in our live YouTube chat and, and in the live Facebook, 4 and 12. You know, this is where this is headed. Um, you know, not, not where you would hope to have been right now. Now, maybe some of us had some kind of pie-in-the-sky hopes for this team in terms of this could be a competitive team. They may even make a playoff push in what still looks like a very weak AFC North, guys. The Baltimore Ravens, they're they've got one. You know, they were they were two and two. I think they're three and two now. They barely beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh with an undrafted free agent relieving Mason Rudolph. 
okay? The Browns have not really fully lived up to expectations. And of course, this is the year, the year that you need the Steelers, you know, the year that the Steelers are down and you could potentially make the jump and, and take advantage of it. You're in transition and your team being the Bengals is, is not doing well. So, I mean, we kind of had hopes that this division was maybe open for the taking and the Ravens don't even look that strong themselves. So, uh, you know, this is, this is part of the process, I guess. And uh, unfortunately you don't want to call it a wasted year, but this is going to be a year where they evaluate guys. This is going to be a year where they try and figure out, you know, who's going to continue to fit Zach Taylor's system. Now I'm seeing a lot of stuff uh, here. Andrew Greer, Dalton needs to be benched. Dalton, um, Andrew Greer in, in the uh, live YouTube chat, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm seeing uh, a lot of other, seeing a lot of other comments. I'm going to try and get to these because, you know, a lot of them are, are kind of big picture stuff in terms of ownership and scouting staff and Duke Tobin. And, and we know those issues and we could we could talk forever about that. But, um, you know, Dalton, okay. I understand, and I'm still in the camp that I was in after the Steelers game. So after the the Bills game and the 49ers game, I was kind of like, you know, he's not making the plays. He is not making the plays. He's not making the throws. After the Steelers game, I felt downright sorry for Andy Dalton. Eight sacks, ridiculous. Today, I think late in the fourth quarter, he had 13 quarterback hits on him. Only a sack at the time, so the sacks weren't as bad this time, but 13 quarterback hits – I feel for him on that front. I feel for him that he's got a, an inexperienced group of wide receivers. At, at one point, aside from Boyd, and even with Alex Erickson in the game, you have him, who's an undrafted, who was an undrafted player, Alden Tate, a seventh-round pick, Stanley Morgan, an undrafted player, and Damian Willis, an undrafted player, as your wide receivers. So, you know, you can't you can't fault him for that. Obviously, the offensive line is an issue, but here's the thing. Struggling teams, there are points in a game, and struggling teams, points in a game where there there is a a specific play or something that can really change momentum, potentially grab a win. The Alden Tate drop of a touchdown at the beginning of the game was one. That's not on Andy Dalton. He put the ball in the money. That's on Alden Tate. The other, though, beginning of the third quarter, much like the beginning of the game, the Bengals came out. They had a quality drive to start the third quarter. They were moving down the field, moving down the field. They get to the red zone again. They do finally use Tyler Eifert after not using him on that first drive. They use him. He's open in the end zone. Andy Dalton throws it behind him on a third and goal. They have to settle for field goal again. It's those plays that unfortunately you have to pinpoint and unfortunately the quarterback gets most of the blame on that. And rightfully so it was a bad throw, but yeah, the defense gave up many, many critical situations in clutch type of times. Um, yeah. The run game was inconsistent. Yeah. The offensive line is poor, but there are moments where you, when that play is there, you have to be made. Otherwise you're going to be an own five team. Um, and, and that's the difference between being 0 and 5 and maybe 2 and 3, 3 and 2. Right now the Bengals could easily have 3 wins right now. This could be a 3 and 2 football team with wins against Seattle, a win against Buffalo and a win today. It's it's the it's the little things, it's the mental mistakes and it's not taking advantage of those 
plays that need to be made on the rare occasions that they're that they're there. You have to create your own luck sometimes when you're struggling, and unfortunately, the Bengals are not doing that. They really, they really aren't. I'm seeing a lot today, um, and, and rightfully so. Uh, we'll we'll kind of get to we'll get to some of the ownership stuff in just a second. I'm seeing a lot today about you know. I think it was Jason Lockenfor of CBS Sports who broke some news about teams wanting to, uh, tr- you know, look at trading for potential players from the Bengals, AJ Green, Tyler Eifert, maybe some others. I let me let me just say this, and this will be a nice segue into the ownership thing. I don't, I do not believe AJ Green, Tyler Eifert, or any other players that are currently. I know AJ Green's not healthy, but he's probably going to be healthy in the next couple of weeks guys that they will still be able to use in the near future. I don't believe that they will trade them right or wrong. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good move or a bad move. I'm just saying, I don't believe that from what I've seen from this franchise and why, why I feel that way is think about the players who the Bengals have traded away in recent years. Okay. They're either guys that have bad mouth their way out of the organization they're guys whose play have completely declined or have made it known that they do not want to be in Bengals or will not play for the Bengals anymore. You can look to Chad Johnson. He was a malcontent after 2010. The Bengals dealt him to New England. Carson Palmer quit on the team in the 2011 offseason. The Bengals let him rot all the way up until the trade deadline, until they got this crazy deal that nobody else in their right minds would have would have given them aside from the Raiders. They dealt him, Okay. You look back to Keith Rivers. Keith Rivers was a former pick who, you know, top former top 10 pick, had injuries. He kind of had some rumblings of an attitude problem, wanted out of Cincinnati, gone. You go back to Carl Pickens. You go back to Corey Dillon. The reason why these guys were dealt is because they wanted out. A.J. Green has said nothing but glowing things about Cincinnati and wants to stay there. Tyler Eifert has said the same. He loves Cincinnati. That's why he keeps signing these deals with them. Now, granted, he's been injured, so maybe the market hasn't been as strong for him the past couple of years, but he seems to like the Bengals. He seems to like Cincinnati and has wanted to stay here. So these are guys that want to be here, and I think Mike Brown, in his eyes, staying with the Bengals is a reward. So he rewards these guys. And you may see a contract extension for A.J. Green. I don't know. He would have to come back, play well, remain healthy, I would think. But I do not – usually Mike Brown trades guys when his hand is forced by these guys in terms of them wanting out of Cincinnati. That's why I don't really see an A.J. Green, a Tyler Eifert being – being dealt, nor do I really see teams giving up first round picks for a guy who had ankle surgery right before the season and a guy who's had a number of injury issues, you know, at the tight end spot. So that's, again, I don't, I'm not advocating to trade them. I'm not advocating to not trade them. I'm just saying from what I've seen, and I've seen a number of things over the years with this Bengals team and in this ownership, I don't know that the Bengals would do that. I, don't, I, I really don't think that the Bengals are looking to trade those guys. And if you are going to draft a quarterback next year, most likely, if you're thinking front office mindset, 
most likely, if they think A.J. Green still has a number of years in front of him that can be productive, he can be a, at least a near Pro Bowl player. You have Tyler Boyd, who is a near Pro Bowl wide receiver. Probably what their plan is, is, hey, let's get another quarterback. Let's let Jonah Williams come back. Let's let potentially Cordy Glenn come back. Let's get some more offensive line pieces. Let's bring back A.J. Green. We have Tyler Boyd. Let's do that and give the new quarterback that those tools. Maybe that's their plan. I, I don't know, but I've seen a lot from this franchise and I, I'm a little hesitant to say, yeah, they're going to trade them. They're going to trade them. This is a very conservative franchise in the way it's run. They have only dealt guys that are usually malcontents in terms of uh, to trades before the, before the season is done. That's, that's how I've seen it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I'm going to be here for a few more minutes. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. You can grab our podcast as well as a myriad of others that have joined the SB Nation Cincy Jungle podcast channel with us. Uh, you can get that stuff on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play. You can uh, get our stuff on our YouTube channel as well as everything on CincyJungle.com. So uh, appreciate appreciate you guys tuning in. I know a lot of times this isn't the funnest type of thing stuff to talk about, right? 0-5, nobody really likes to talk about it. But at the same time, I guess we can commiserate. I guess we can vent. And, uh, you know, I guess we can, you know, I, I guess... I don't know. I guess we can sit here and, and complain about what, what was seen. Now, you know, in terms of just kind of going back to today's game a little bit, in terms of, I, I don't know, some people may take positives out of today. I, I suppose you can do that. The other, just going back again to, to Zach Taylor, some of the game plan, game plan stuff, the the play calling, all of that. One of the things that bothered me as well is, you know, this, this two minute offense seems to be working for them. And uh, I mean, they scored two, two touchdowns in a matter of minutes at the final to tie it up at the end of the game, even with one of the drives, not really showing much urgency. You would think, Hey, at least mix that in once in a while. If your offense is being stagnant, which the Bengals, as I mentioned, it was almost nine full quarters before they had scored a touchdown. If your offense is stagnant being in this huddle type of offense and you're, you're kind of plodding along, Mix that in for a drive. Mix that in. Mix that two-minute offense in for a drive. Go no huddle. Keep a defense on his heels. You would think this guy that has this innovative offensive mind would be 
open to doing that. For some reason, the Bengals have not do that. The other thing that bothers me about Zach Taylor and what we've seen in terms of week to week um, and a lot of regression from a lot of players, really, but I, I don't know. And granted, the t- I guess the team was a little bit healthier against Seattle, but my, my thing is that I, you know, at the Seattle game, there were flea flickers, there were end arounds, there were all these kind of tricky plays and it really kept the Seattle defense on its heels. Whereas none of that, that stuff now is non-existent, non-existent. So I don't, I, you know, I don't know why the, why that's gone away. I mean, I know the offensive line has issues, but they were able to run it against Seattle. They were able to do that stuff against Seattle with success. Um, I don't really know where the creativity went after just a handful of weeks. Now I'm seeing a ton of stuff, a ton of stuff. And I'm sorry, I'm not individually calling out everybody here, but there are, you know, a lot of people, um, Sean Leonard in the Facebook chat says Zach Taylor has no energy and the lack of calls to help Dalton is a joke. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's hard to disagree with there. Um, I'm seeing a lot of stuff in both the live YouTube chat and the Facebook, uh, the Facebook comments about, you know, you really think there's a plan, LOL, in terms of a management plan. Do you you really think that the Bengals are thinking that far ahead? I mean, I'm not in that front office, so I don't know. I, I would like to think that there is some semblance of a plan. I would like to think that they have some idea as to, Hey, you know, we kind of, we didn't want to tell everybody this, but we kind of knew that this was going to be a struggle this year. This was going to be a rebuild year, even though we didn't sell it as such. So maybe, you know, this was expected and they're plan- they have a plan for the next offseason. My thing is, and I've said this for those of you who have listened to me for a number of years and all and read my stuff, if you're if you're going to almost solely rely on the draft, you have to have the best, the preeminent scouting staff. The Bengals have one of the smallest in the league. If you're going to truly build a well-rounded roster, you have to get at least mid-tier guys, the occasional mid-tier starters to high-tier starters in free agency. Or if guys don't want to come here, then you trade for them. Uh, if you think that they can immediately impact your team and, t- and turn things around. So I, th- this team needs to be aggressive. And, you know, I, my hope was that Zach, uh, Zach Taylor would kind of carry a little bit of a baton from Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis came in here and kind of forced some changes. And they, they may have been, you know, minimal changes, but they were changes that the team needed to be needed to make in order to be run like a modern franchise. They still are behind the times in a number of different areas, but my hope was that Zach Taylor being the young kind of aggressive go-getter guy, he would kind of grab that baton and force Mike Brown to pay more for, you know, get more outside free agents, do more in the draft, move up a little bit. And, um, you know, that at least one off season in, that was not really the case. So, uh, I don't know if if Taylor is a little too gun shy as as a new first time head coach and young guy and didn't want to kind of create waves with with ownership right away. But 
Um, and granted, it took Marvin over a course of 16 years to kind of build any built up equity within the organization to be able to cause those changes. But my point remains that, you know, someone is going to need to continue to push this organization to change, to do more and outside free agency, to get more high impact players in the draft via trade, via free agency, and really kind of do the things, you know, that the best teams do. What I would hate to see going back to the trade thing, but I would hate to, I, I, if, if the Bengals are able to get draft capital for AJ Green and, and Tyler Eifert that they feel can get them a quarterback, get them offensive line, and get them back on track, that's fine. But it would it would really bother me if one of those guys or both of those guys head to, to New England because that's truly the rich getting richer. And that is a team that continuously – in this, if they go for AJ Green in the same offseason they win for Antonio Brown, granted the Antonio Brown thing blew up in their face, but you understand my point. If they go get AJ Green in the same offseason where they're like, yeah, we'll take Antonio Brown. Yeah, we'll we'll do Josh. Because that's a team that is doing what they can to keep that window open for Tom Brady, who's now, you know, 40, 41 years old or wherever however old he is, to keep that championship window open for that team. And that's what good teams do. That's what well-run teams do. They take chances, they add premium talent, and they give up capital to do so. The Bengals are not willing to do that. Um, so, you know, I, I'm seeing a lot of questions and comments about, you know, the plan. What is the plan? What are they doing? Are they tanking? All that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I don't know. Aaron Felix, you've, you, you wrote three succinct word or excuse me six succinct words and it was I don't think it's the coach I don't think it's the coach either the coach situation is obviously usually a symptom of a bigger problem which is ownership front office all of that we know the misses in the draft class and everything that comes with that Um, so yes I agree however there are points where Zach Taylor looks like he's a bit over his skis in terms of game planning and and all kinds of different things (sighs) huh Guys, uh, this has been uh, a rough one again. The Bengals fall to 0-5. Um, this, you know, really kind of shades of 2002, kind of shades of 99, you know, 98, whatever. It's uh, it's not looking very good. And um, I, I don't have true suggestions in terms of, you know, what, what should we do to prompt, <laughs> prompt change from management? I mean, I... There hasn't been there hasn't been an answer to that. I mean, management is what it is, and the owners are who they are. Um, I've I've met the owner personally; he's a nice man. But um, that was brief when I met him, and um, you know, I don't I don't know that they uh, are open and willing to do some of the things that that need to be done in order for this team to get back to the Super Bowl and do things that that other teams do. They're just not operating like many of the other success, successful franchise franchises in the NFL. Um, so I don't know, guys. Uh, there, there are a lot of, um, lot of questions and comments I tried to get to. I tried to get more to some of the blanket stuff. It's already been about 30 minutes that I've been rambling on here. So appreciate all of your questions, your time, tuning in, everything. I know this has not been... Uh, this, the kind of start to the Zach Taylor era that we all envisioned and hoped for. Um, we knew there'd probably be some struggles, particularly early in 2019, but I don't think 0-5 is 
kind of what we thought here at this point in time. So um, I hope that some of you, if, if you're tuning into this, if you went to the game on Sunday, I hope you at least had a good time. Um, I, I feel for you a little bit in terms of, you know, you, you sit in the rain, you pay money for seats and you watch the team not play very well for about three plus quarters. And then they play for a well for a little bit only to see them lose another heartbreaking game. Um, but uh, you know, Hopefully better days are ahead. I, I'm pretty sure they are. How how much better, I don't know. That will depend on some of the things we talked about today in terms of management, ownership, and, of course, experience being accrued by the coaching staff. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy what's left of your weekend. Try and maybe watch the rest of this, the slate of, of football that's on uh, this weekend. Or, hey, if you need to take a break from football, that's fine. Just keep it to Cincy Jungle, though, and keep it to our podcast because we'll be keeping you up to date on information, news, anything that comes down the pike, opinions, analysis, all that good stuff. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.